Hey everybody, welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pardo, live streaming on Facebook Live. Also, now I'm recording these and uploading them to YouTube, so if you're watching on YouTube, that's awesome. Uh, but ideally, you listen on thedreamerspodcast.com, also known as superjoepardo.com, also known as howtodream.co, though that isn't currently working at the moment, but it will be at some point in the future. If you're not following me on Facebook, you should be. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash Pardo Joe to uh, to listen, you know, to to watch live on Mondays when I'm here. Joined by, of course, Matt, who's sitting across from me. Good afternoon. Who's not on camera at the moment, but uh, Ava. I'm a ghost. Who, yeah, well, yeah. The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. That's true. So um, could I could you could be soundboard Matt for all we know right now. <laughs> Um, and of course we're joined here by the very sleepy Ava Grace while her mommy is doing some other things outside, uh, like gardening or, or something like that. I don't know. Things that I'm not, I'm not well versed in, (laughs) well versed in. Um, so Matt, how was, uh, how was your week? Yeah, it was great. I got a call yesterday from my friend Paul, who I haven't seen in a while and he invited me out to a Phillies game. We had really nice seats over in uh, Love Field. And I thought you were on the first base. Were we on first? Oh, you don't. Yeah, no. you're on first base. You're at right field. It's okay. You're new to this. I'm new to it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was Phillies versus Nationals. It was uh, it was a good game. Um, I haven't been to one in a long time, but it was uh, it was pretty cool. It had a lot of uh, challenges, which is kind of unusual. It was like four challenges in one game, and um, I don't really think it changes the results of the game too much. I mean, Phillies won, so go Phillies. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, that was awesome after getting uh, blown out two days in a row from the Nationals. <laughs> But no, it was fun. I had a good time. We hung out. He was uh, showing me his new house, and we were talking about the... Oh, you did get to see it. Yeah, the pros and cons of renting versus getting a townhouse versus you know getting an actual house. And for what he's paying, I was like, man, that's close to what I was paying just to rent. I'm like, man, I didn't realize that right now it seems like it's a really good time to buy, at least in our area. Yes. And by our area, I mean over near him. Over here, not so much. Well, yeah, but here, it's very expensive to live right here. Yeah. Um, mostly because of taxes, not necessarily because of the house prices. Mm-hmm. But that's beside the point. Um, yeah, glad you got to go to a Phillies game. Uh, I'd like to go. They're, you know, they're actually in second place right now, surprisingly enough, with a losing record. <laughs> Everybody else is doing worse than them except for uh, one, you know, one team, which is the Nationals, who are, they broke the streak. But, you know, this isn't all about baseball and stuff like that. Um, I do want to tease about my interview coming up later in this episode. If you're listening or you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, um, unfortunately, you won't hear the interview here. You need to go and go to dreamerspodcast.com Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. when the new episode drops. My my interview this week is with Dr. Ryan Gray. Uh, awesome guy who started up his own podcast and for, uh, his whole own platform based around uh based around you know utilizing the knowledge that he knew as a doctor and turning that into a lucrative business for himself through podcasting and selling you know information books and and all that kind of stuff and tests pre i think it was pre-med tests specifically it's been a little while since the we did the interview um preparing for this little little baby here and in the facebook chat um I, i appreciate being called so cute even if uh, I need to steal that away from Ava. Uh, you know, I, I, I know my place. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, so stay tuned later on when we're done and you can check out the interview with Ryan Gray. Uh, so yeah, so well, speaking of the Dreamers podcast, you know, Matt, it's already been two years. Wow. May 20th, May 19th specifically, is the two-year anniversary of the Dreamers podcast. It's been, uh, April 2nd was two years anniversary of me leaving my family's company uh, to start my own adventure and adventure, not just venture, because uh, this has definitely been an adventure. And on May 20th, or May 19th is the two-year anniversary. So we're, we're uh, what's today? Today's 18th. So we're, we're just one day away from the month away. And of course, last year we raised it was just over or just about six hundred dollars for charity. Give kids the world. Uh, they what they do is they help out families have a magical time taking uh, children with life threatening illnesses down to Disney World for a whole week. Give them a, ve- a vehicle, tickets to all the parks, Universal, Sea World, Disney World. Then they have like an entire complex where the families get their own house. They have an ice cream parlor. I think it's called the Ice Cream Palace, actually, where families will get to uh, eat bright, bright, <laughs> eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, it's all paid for, one hundred and ten percent. Works with the they work with the uh, Make a Wish Foundation, you know, to make some of that happen. So it's a wonderful organization doing very magical things for for families to allow kids to just be kids. And uh, I, it's 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 something I can definitely get behind. And I think most people, well, not everybody, maybe not Scrooge McDuck, but you know, most people can get behind. So I, I, I'm very proud to uh, to be able to offer that. And this year we're doubling down. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Minute to Win at Games again. I'll be donating $10 of my own money for each uh, each Minute to Win at Game that is completed in under a minute. Uh, and what we're going to do at this time, instead of using Google uh, on air and doing it through YouTube, we're going to use Blab. And the reason is because Blab is a, you're in a, very easily able to log in. Matt, that's you. You can log in. You can join, uh, and that's through your Twitter account. Um, you can join the chat room right from the, you know, right from the website, uh, or you can actually call in so I can accept phone calls from people. And it's going to be a three hour event, May 20th, 7 PM to 10 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, where I'm really hoping to raise at least a thousand dollars in the three hours for give kids the world. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a really fun time. We're going to have lots of, uh, you know, guests, you know, previous guests from the show, coming back to help you know help catch up and see how they've been doing as well as doing some really goofy and funny challenges uh for charity so let's let's make that happen i mean unfortunately this year with uh with ava being here uh we're unable to host a big party at the house like we did last year but that's okay um because the party is going to be online and everyone's welcome to come join and and hopefully uh donate some money for give a, a wonderful organization like give kids the world Oh, man, that was a mouthful. So, yeah, uh, May 20th, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Matt, so I had uh, a guy named Ryan Sage back on episode 94. This is actually, uh, and actually, I meant to start mentioning this. Um, this is episode 226. So way back in episode 94, I had Ryan Sage, who is a director out in Hollywood. He's done a bunch of stuff. In fact, I heard that, and I know you're a Star Wars fan um, overall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Disney just came in and just eradicated everything, but that's okay. 
Yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. Um, he, I know he, he had mentioned that he actually worked with Mark Hamill on his, on his, uh, monologue that I guess he'll be having in the next film. So, which is pretty cool. Like, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, speak, to seeing that. So that'll be, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that'll help bring back some nostalgia for Matt. Um, <laughs> anyway, he just released a new movie called, uh, Temps. So the Temps movie, uh, I had back, kickstarted it back in 2004. 14, I think it was. And it was supposed to come out, I think, early last year, like March of last year. But unfortunately, some things came up and they weren't able to get everything finished. So they finally got it released. Uh, it has uh, Grant Rosenmeyer, who was in that film, uh, The Royal Tenenbaums, which I never really saw, but was never. I'm not a big Sten, ben, Sten Biller, <laughs> Ben Stiller fan anyway. But, um, but you know, I didn't, didn't really care. Did you see the movie? I did. I don't really remember much of it. I feel like I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. So it was one of those movies, like, I watched it, it was adequate, but, you know, right, I wouldn't go right. back and watch it again. Yeah, I, I, I would never, I wouldn't go back and watch it. But he was one of the kids in the movie, and now he's grown up, and he uh, he was act, he acted across from uh, Lindsay Shaw, who was on uh, Ned's Declassified. Now she's on uh, Pretty Little Liars. She's, um, I think, Paige. Is a, she's the reason I found out about the movie in the first place. So anyway, it's it's a it's a pretty funny movie. Um, so I got to I got to watch it. Came out, but the big news about it is is the fact that that Ryan's movie has made it. I think it was number two on on iTunes overall, hmm. and it was like the budget was like thirty thousand dollars or something like that. Wow. So um, yeah, so so he he you know with a thirty thousand dollar movie. He's able. He was able to make it like super high up on like the front page of iTunes, and it was even on Steam. Uh, if you're familiar with Steam, he, I texted him about that, and he's like, "I don't know what that is. I hope it's legal." And I said, <laughs> "Yes, it's it's very legal and pretty awesome that your movie, uh, your independent film, is is made it all the way to front pages of things that you've never even heard of before." Yeah, and I haven't seen many movies on Steam, but it and but I did see that though. it was on the front page. It's like, yeah, that looks familiar, and I remembered you were talking about it and. Yeah, so it's good. So it's uh, I mean, it's a pretty good sized market. Yeah, know? yeah. They're, I mean, he's killing it. Um, for for such a small budget film. Yeah. Uh, the movie Jimmy Horn is here. Uh, from the Disney, is it Disney Nerds? I'm pretty sure it's Disney Nerds. Uh, podcast. Uh, we're talking about the movie Temps. The the movie Temps. So just if you want to type in Temps in Google, it should be like the first one that comes up since it just came out. Uh, like I said, it has Grant Rosenmeyer and uh, Lindsay Shaw are the the two main characters in it. Play two main characters in it. One uh, really good movie. So moving on, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit um, was about quality over quantity when it comes to making connections, right? So so over this past week, I had somebody ask me about like you know they're like well you how did you grow your sh you know how's your show grown and what have you done and and all that right and for me like there's lots of people out there that are like i want these big numbers they gotta be big they gotta be huge i gotta you know really wow somebody like wow we have like an army of people that <laughs> that are loving stuff but you know for me i don't really care about the number so much as i care about the quality of the connections the the depth of the connection that i have with people the, um, I, you know, I, t to me, like I, I look for like, not like quality in the person, but also quality in the connection of, to their network 
right? Because my network is touching their network when we when we become friends and you know communicate back and forth. And to me, it's really important to take you know take the people that I know and have them take the and want to take the people that they know and help each other out in all kinds of ways. So for somebody to be like, well, you know, I have you know ten thousand Instagram followers and ten thousand you know or a hundred thousand. Uh, followers on Twitter, like that's awesome, but how many of those people do you really know? What's the like? What's the depth of level of that they're willing to, you know, have a conversation with you, have, um, you know, offer up their services to help you, and you offer their ser- your services to help them, and how as far like, hey, I, you know, hey, I, I'm not an accountant, but I know a really good accountant that does stuff. You know what I mean, Matt? Like those are the types of of, of connections that I want. And the types of connections that I yearn for and look for when I'm, you know, making connections like with this show, having people on and all that, like I want the the deepness, like I don't need this huge number. I mean, if it happens, it happens. It's awesome. But you know what? I feel like it's going to be reciprocated over and it has been reciprocated over time. That's where the show is built, right? People that, cause most going back to bar rescue, right? Is like, is it like, something like 60% of people that go out to a bar are going there based on a recommendation from a local. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just going because maybe Yelp, but even Yelp is technically a giving recommendations. Mm. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy with Yelp, but, but reviews generally would send somebody to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go somewhere, I'll ask people I know. And if nobody knows and I'll go look on Yelp and see what's in that area. But again, you know, relying on people that live in the area or people that, you know, go out and frequent bars. And so, yeah, it's all, you know, community sourced uh, reviews and it's helpful. I mean, cause honestly, especially in somewhere like Philadelphia, there's so many bars to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you got your favorite hangouts, but sometimes, you know, you're going to be in a certain part of the city for a concert venue or whatever. And you want to know what's nearby. That's not, not, you know, cruddy, but you know, not super expensive either. Right. And, and there's, you know, there's plenty, I mean, there's so many places that even just by accident places would, uh, stay in business, Sure, you know, just because of the sheer quantity of people going to it, not knowing or not checking, uh, you know, is, is the possible is, is possible. So, uh, my, my point is, is when you talk, when I talk to people and I make friends and stuff like that, um, it brings people together uh, in a way that they're going to recommend, like they'll end up recommending my show or I would end up recommending their show or their services to somebody else. And to me, like that taps into that person's network too, right? Cause then they, if they go and they like it, then they're going to go and tell, you know, one or two or three people that they know, listen to podcasts. So not everybody listens to podcasts. Speaking of podcasts though, not to totally change the subject, but Google, if you got, I know Matt, you got your Android phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Google Play Store now has Dreamers Podcast on it. If you go to the Google Play Store and you search for Dreamers Podcast, I'm, uh, there was actually an email this morning that I didn't get a chance to read too much, not because of her fault or anything. Um, but, you know, so there's uh, there's ways to get the Dreamers Podcast and, and your other favorite podcasts on right in the Google Play Store without needing Stitcher, without needing all these other third-party uh, podcast catchers and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it's taken a while because I I don't even I think I submitted like back in when they first took them in like October, <laughs> and now it's April and they just they just opened it up today, which is crazy. Um, 
so yeah, so if you if you have an Android phone, you can go to the Google Play Store and get the Dreamers podcast. Um, let's see, what else do we want to talk about today? Oh, an update on everything. Hashtag everything pays rent, right? So, uh, you know, for all those who don't know, I have been selling every like not everything I own. Obviously, I got plenty of stuff here behind me, and including this microphone, and the microphone Matt's using, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so (laughs) everything pays rent is one of the concepts in my 31 life changing concepts book. And the idea is that every, everything you own has to pay rent out of being, you know, necessity, whether you're using it all the time or out of entertainment. And if it, if it's not paying its rent, as in it's taking up X amount of space in your living space, how much are you paying for that space per month, the square footage, all of that. Um, and I know Matt, you, you recently have started the, down this journey as well, uh, with your recent move, you know, taking, taking into account everything that you have and every, you know, why do I have this? Can I sell it? How much money is it worth? Is it worth me selling? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause there's so many things I would hold on to mainly for nostalgic purposes, but even with things that I do come back to on a you know, semi periodic basis, you know, like books, for example, I can get digital scans. I can get audiobooks, like you know, with cloud storage. There's so many ways that I can review these items without having to go there and you know read the physical or printed materials, which are currently sitting in a storage unit, literally costing me money to keep them there. <laughs> I'd rather sell them to somebody that's going to get some use out of them, uh, somebody that collects them, or you know whatever. I I want to see them repurposed. I don't want to just throw them out. And and that goes true for you know a lot of things I bought and. Or like even movies. Okay, like I bought a movie on DVD, and it's like, oh, now it's on Blu-ray, and then next will be on like Super Blu-ray. So I have to, you know, keep buying the same film over and over again. Um, on the on the other hand, I could just buy it digitally, and it's like, all right, if I got a digital copy, I can always watch it, and doesn't take up any space. Exactly. I mean, with the exception of hard drives, but hard drives are constantly getting cheaper, and, right? But you it's, know, it doesn't take up any more physical space that you're actually paying. But there's for. so many. You know, I'm not saying that everything should be on cloud storage. I mean, it's important to have a physical backup of uh, important information and documents. But yeah, you've got Google free storage. I mean, if you got Amazon Prime, you got cloud storage there. You got Dropbox. I mean, there's so many options, either free or low cost. That kind of really doesn't make sense to hold on to all this stuff. <laughs> I I would totally agree. So um so let me getting back to 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 me I sure. was um you know we were about to have Ava and I was like you know I have a ton of stuff up in up in the attics that I'd like to get rid of old computers and old computer parts electronics uh, gadgets like all kinds of stuff that I've just been kind of hoarding but hoarding in the sense that it was taking up my storage space not hoarding in the sense I would just leave everything all around <laughs> everywhere and like a you know, a big trash pile in the house. So I, uh, my friend Mike came over and we, we took everything down in the, from the attic, brought it into the garage, and I started selling it on Amazon. Uh, and now it's been, uh, what are we at, like, probably like two months? Yeah. Probably been like two Sounds months. Right, yeah. And I have sold over $10,000 to date in excess crap that I have laying around or had laying around in the house. And don't get me wrong, having that extra stuff is always nice. When like people come over and be like, oh, I need an extra mouse. Or, oh, I need, uh, I'm looking for another keyboard. Or I need this or that or this certain kind of plug or something to that effect. It was great having all that stuff laying around. It was like having my own little store. But that, you know, 
obviously getting rid of all that stuff, I, I've now occurred or accrued over $10,000 in sales, uh, in just two months time. So we're, you know, we're, and so we're doing it. It's getting there. Uh, I still have a ton of stuff I haven't listed. Uh, and I keep finding more little things that I'm like, Hmm, why am I still holding on to this? Maybe I should just be selling it. And then I do. So yeah, so we're, we're going to keep on rolling with it. Um, there's only been a couple of days that I haven't been to the post office since starting this journey on selling everything and uh, making it known that ha every hashtag everything pays rent is, is a movement that I think a lot of people should look into and uh, make sure that, you know, these are things that you really need in your life that they're, that they're paying you back in some way, shape or form because you could always rebuy it. Just like your book example, you could always rebuy the book. It might be expensive, but when you sell it, hopefully it's worth as much as, you know, it's going to be in the in the not too distant future if you need it, if you can't get it digitally or something to that effect. Exactly. You know, and the thing is, even now, like, you know, tablets, Android tablets, you know, for example, are so cheap and st extra storage space is so cheap. I mean, you know, because I, mean, I, I love reading. I have crates of books. <laughs> it's like, where are you going to put them? You know, there's no room for them. You read them once in a while, and the rest of the time it's just like they're gradually sitting there rotting away. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a shame, but I'd rather see uh, somebody get some use out of them. I do, I know. And and that was, you know, that was one of the things with, um, since I've been selling so much stuff, there's been items that, I, you know, mostly games that aren't worth a whole lot. They're yeah. worth pretty much the cost of the shipping. Mm -hmm. And I might have gotten a couple of tens of cents out of. <laughs> But the thing is, is the fact that matters, I was already going to the post office anyway. So for me, it was like, it didn't matter that I wasn't getting, at least the game was going to somebody that would be playing it instead of going to a landfill. Right. Right. So it's like, all right, yeah, am I making money on it? Nah, probably breaking even if I'm lucky, but whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's not like it's costing me a hundred dollars to ship it. You know, and I got to wait to get that money back. It's like, it's three bucks or $2 and 50 cents or whatever it is. Totally worth it. Um, so let's see the other, so on a, on a totally unrelated topic, Matt, mm -hmm. uh, you had mentioned this about, you had saw an article about Tony Hawk two pro Tony Hawk pro skater two. Right. Uh, from like, when, when did that come out? Exactly? 2000 in 2000. Wow. 2000. Okay. So 16 years ago. And it was an article about where are they now, and uh, what, what did you what did you read uh, in it? Well, I initially went in thinking that most of these people are going to be you know either dead or <laughs> you know or retired, but I was shocked that all except for one person from that game are still out there and still skating on a regular, even just semi regular basis, doing the same kind of tricks they did, doing you know more advanced moves that are still pushing the whole skating scene forward. And these guys are in their like late 40s, like early 50s now. Some of them, just like it really blows me away to see these older guys and you know one girl, you know, going out there and still pulling these amazing moves. They just they never quit. And what it said to me is that you know something that I looked at, at the time is like, all right, you know, you're young. It's it's the thing you're into, but it's not going to last. It's not a career. It's not a dream or a passion you can hold on to. And I was dead wrong. <laughs> here's like here's 16 <laughs> examples of people that stuck with it. And have followed their passion and actually turned it into career, so they can actually live off of it and and you know something they enjoy, 
it's fulfilling and it's managed to support them this entire time. And I think that's it's amazing. It, it is amazing. I mean, most people in their lifetime don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. And they should, right? Like, you should at least give it a shot. Even if you don't, like, look, it can be tough, right? We, we have bills. We have family. We have right. responsibilities. We have uh, good paying jobs that make us not want to leave what we're doing. Uh, but uh, there's all there's all kinds of reasons for why you shouldn't do it. But there's per- a perfectly good example of, you know, 16 years later, all but one are still living their dream because they were brave enough to do it from the start. And that, you know, I, 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 to me, that's super inspiring, especially coming from a game that's so legendary, such as Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, which actually I think we just played not that long ago, yeah. uh, a couple weeks, you know, maybe a month or two ago. Um, so, I got a question from uh, a friend slash listener, uh, my friend Paulo, asking about how I stay motivated. And, I, you know, for me, it's like it, it's tough. It's a, it's a bit of a tough question to answer because I, I don't know what it's like to look at other people and wonder how they stay motivated. I, hmm. you, you know, to, to look at like, well, what's the answer? What What's what? what does staying motivated look like? Because for me, like I'm just constantly going forward. Like, okay. So I've had to slow down, right? Uh, that that's, that's part of the, the truth of the matter with, with having a, a little Ava in the picture. <laughs> sure. You know, Oh, look, do you see that? She was just waiting. She was waving <laughs> on her own. Uh, she was probably like, leave me alone. I'm going to sleep. I'm sleeping here. Uh, you bother me, kid. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so for me, it's, it's really tough to 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 like imagine myself as being able to just sit around and not create and not do projects and not um do stuff like this like like even if i had won the lottery or something or (laughs) had some huge windfall of money like a la monopoly you know chance card or community chest I, I still you know that ten dollars. Um, I still yeah. You can't live off that beauty contest. <laughs> I still would want to. Um, I would still want to do all this stuff. I would still want to meet people. Like that's that's the innate um, curiosity, the innate fire that like we talked about last week a bit. Uh, that that burns inside of me to want to just keep doing, keep pushing, and keep trying to figure out what's the next best thing that I could do. Um, what's the next idea? Like even just, I mean, just you know, yesterday, like I, I was, I'm still trying to come up with a title for my next book. Like, and the, and the, not just the title, but the, the subject in which I want to go. Like I have the other book that I want to do um, that that's based around the poetry thing, but I know that that's, that's more of like a pet project, right? That's like a two, that's like a, a 0.5 book instead of a one book, you know, like it's not it's not the same at least for me it isn't because so much of it's already been written i just need to go through and break it out but i've been thinking about different ways that i could like turn it into more of a story than just a bunch of random like old poetry and stuff like you know maybe writing like a like a like a like a documentary not a documentary but uh what's what's the word i'm looking for matt autobiography kind of like maybe string it into a a type of biography for that that time of my life but again i don't see that as like the next book per se maybe i'm Hmm. looking at it wrong i i don't i don't know 
I, I've been a little, uh, even more sleep lacking than, than usual. But, um, so, so for me to stay motivated, like, I mean the thing, and I, I wrote about this in, 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 you know, my 31 life changing concepts book about how music for me, you know, gets me pumped and gets me going and gets me motivated to want to keep doing more, learning more, you know, that drive to want it to always learn more. Uh, I, in fact, I suppose the, <laughs> I suppose to write an article about, um, there was a video explaining the history of zero, like, where did the number come from and how, why is it so important and all that? Like the number zero is like, has a really crazy history that goes all the way back to like the beginning of time, pretty much. So I'm really interested in learning, you know, and learning about it. So I, of course I'm going to watch a three and a half or four minute or five or 10 minute video to learn this kind of stuff because I want to know and it might never be useful, but it might be useful that one time that's like super important. Now I might forget it over time, right? I'm not going to latch on to this information, but if you just remember the key points and the great thing about the internet is at least I know that I like, I remember the key points about something. I can, I know enough that I could relook it up and there's always going to be information out there that I could be like, well, I think it was this date. Don't quote me, but let's look it up because that's what we do now. When we, when we don't know, we can quickly look something up with thanks to Google or Bing or whatever your search, you know, the, the flavor of the week search engine is we can look things up and we don't have to just be right, but we can learn. And that's, I guess to me that maybe that's maybe that's what motivates me is, is wanting to constantly learn and improve and do better and meet people and, and all of that. Like, and not just necessarily settling for the bare minimum in life or in general, you know, everything I do isn't perfect, right? Like I'm not really an artist, but my books have my art in it. So that's okay. That's okay. Because that, well, that's personal. That's part of art, right? Like maybe Van Gogh didn't mean to do like some of the things that ended up in his paintings, but he was like, well, I messed up. I'm this far into it. I'm not just going to, turn around now we're just gonna we'll just roll with it and see what happens and then you get like the screaming face <laughs> well you know if you had a digital tablet you could just erase everything yeah things could have gone differently you know we'll, we'll never know but, uh, yeah they definitely uh, yeah paint, they, paint was expensive paint yeah <laughs> especially a color purple yeah. oh purple so yeah so for me it's like what, what motivates me to get up in the morning to to want to like hey how do i go about writing another book how do i go about uh, developing this card game that I have in my head. Like, I, I don't know all the answers, but the thing is, is I'm not afraid to find out the answers. I'm not afraid of the truth. And sometimes we are right. Like one truth that I've been steering away from like full disclosure is the scale. Cause I know the last time I stepped on a scale, I was not happy with what I saw. <laughs> I mean, most people aren't, but I know that I wasn't. And then it's been like a year and a half since I last did it. But since then I've run like, you know, half marathons and did sort of training for those things. Just, just remember the E on the scale stands for excellent. Excellence. Yes. Not exceeding, not exceeding, not, exceeding, exceeded. not error. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I look, I'm not, um, I'm not perfect when it comes to eating or when it comes to training for these, these half marathons. Um, but I, it just goes to show you that, that you don't have to be perfect to make it work, you know, to be able to accomplish these things that you want to accomplish. 
doesn't have to be perfect. And sometimes it's the perfection that, you know, or the lack of perfection that people fall in love with the most. So it's important for us to, to, you know, to learn the lessons from what we do, get better at what we do, but at the same time, accept that, you know, what we're going to put forward is, is not always perfect. Sure. You know, even like uh, flaws and quirks, you know, I think it'd be really interesting. You know, it's people that are more uh, or have more unique features, you know, that tend to be more interesting, you know, in, as far as physical appearance or even just, you know, the, the lives they've lived. Because, uh, you know, you can only, I, or I can only stand being, you know, like a, somebody so so long that's been like, oh, you know, everything's been perfect in my life and, you know, did this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, eh, I can't really relate. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, but that's just me. So. No, I, I, I agree. Um, but, you know, going on the topic of, of slowing down, right? Like mm-hmm. this, you know, having Ava here has been amazing. It's been a wonderful experience. I've had to learn new ways of doing things, new ways of coping with being tired. Right. New ways of, of and, and the biggest thing for me now, now that we're, you know, she's almost five weeks old. Uh, on Wednesday, she'll be five weeks old. Now it's all about learning how to work efficiently within the time that I have, but, and, and not just the time that I have, but the time that I have in between taking care of her, which, so, excuse me, for anybody who doesn't know the way that I work generally would be to sit down for two, three, four, five, six, seven, up to eight hours on my computer doing work. Maybe I stop, get up to get like more water or something like that. But like, that's my, like I get in, I get in the work zone. I'm in like, she's in the sleep zone right now and she's moving around. She's fighting her way out. Yeah. She's, she, she is fighting her way out. So, so for me, it's like, I need to stay, I need to stay focused, right? Like on what I'm doing. Um, and, and even like, cause sometimes we get sidetracked, right? Somebody messages us or somebody wants to talk and you know, I'm not, I'm not super, super focused guy where I could just be like, no, you no, I'm denying your, your, your request to chat, request to chat denied. Um, come back later at a later date. The pool is closed. Yeah. I just wanted to wave hello. No, 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 no. no. Come back when the pool is open. Come back around two o'clock. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm not, I'm not like that. I try not to be like that. And Mm -hmm. it's actually been really frustrating for me for when people message me, like they'll text me or something. And I feel bad. Like I, like you texted me yesterday morning Mm -hmm. at like 1030. I started to reply and had to put the phone down. And it was like two hours later, I picked it back up and was like, Oh man, I feel bad. Like, I started to reply and then never finished. Well, I'm not expecting an instant response, but it is. But I am. Well, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, the fact that we're so connected now with cell phones, if you text somebody, people feel, oh, well, he hasn't gotten back to me within even up to an hour. It's like, you know, are you ignoring me? It's like, no, maybe I'm just, I'm not near my phone or I could be in the middle of something. like. Dude, nobody's not near their phone. But you know, it, it to, doesn't mean they have two hands to reply or even one hand to reply. You know, if it's like 24 to 48 hours, uh, actually, even if it's 24 hours later, I still don't think that's too bad. A response time, I mean, it would be unusual, but I don't think it'd be unexpected. But if it's a couple of days later, I think it'd be like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> well, yeah. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm definitely trying to be better than that. But, right. you know, it's, you know, something happens and I have to put the phone down or, or yeah. I have to move away from my phone. People have lives. And mm-hmm. I can't reply. And somebody's waking up. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's waking up. Um, so you know, it's it's difficult to to deal with those types of situations sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
but for me, it's it's really difficult with the like the working situation because when it comes to working, like I said, I like to work for large chunks of the time right. and get as much as I possibly can done. Or you know, if it's like I say, if it's talking to somebody, it's talking to somebody. If it's not, then it, it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as I'm moving forward. And now it's like I might get ten minutes worth of something done, and then I gotta stop. And then I got to be able to come back. So what I've done in, and I don't know if this is going to work out or not. We'll, we'll see. But what I've done is like, I love lists, right? Like I have, I use the reminders app on my iPhone a lot. Um, I have like, actually somebody I was just talking to was like, Oh, well, you know, I have a remi- I have a reminders list, but I have just one and I had to move to two because there's some things that I'm just not going to get to. And I don't want to make my reminders list too long. And yeah. I was like, dude, I got nine. I got nine reminders lists on my phone and eat, you know, some of them are for like for the conference in mm-hmm. September. Like I have, there's things I need to do with that that I'll put it in there. Uh, some of them are for the future, like, like way down whenever I get around to it type stuff, I can take stuff off the future one. I have the master list that has everything on there. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's stuff that I want to get done. Like, today ish you know if i get some of the stuff i'm still that's on there it's getting it's getting a little old um but that's okay right like at least it's not getting to the point where it's like super super long but the difference that i'm trying right now is i'm trying to make my reminders list as long as possible with every minute detail of things that i have to do in the order in which i have to do them because I want to be able to walk away from my computer, walk away from my phone, come back, you know, if it's 10 minutes later, an hour later, and not have to waste any time at all thinking about what it is that I need to do next. I want to be able to look at the list and say, boom, okay, I know exactly what I need to do now. Do as much as I can, knock as many things off that list as I possibly can, and then come back to it at a late, you know, because I'm inevitably only going to have like an hour tops without being distracted. Um, which is tough because then I'm like, wh- oh no, I have an hour. What am I going to do? Do I do this? Do I do this? I have like eight different projects I got going on like right now that need to be done within the, like the next two months for me, Matt, are tough. Like it's going to be really tough with all the, with the conference stuff, the meetups that we have in four different cities for the conference. There's a lot going on. Two weddings between, between next week and June. So I got two weddings, a bachelor party that I'm working on, you know, putting together with somebody. Um, th- there's just a ton of stuff going on. It's gonna be it's gonna be a marathon. <laughs> uh, no pun intended with the the shirt or the medals uh, behind my head. But yeah, so so for me, it's like, hey, if I can break down each uh, thing I need to do into a reminders list and break it down to even like the smallest things I could get done in maybe a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah, it takes time to write that list. But that list is going to, I think, going to save me a crap ton of time from getting frustrated, feeling overwhelmed, having to have too much on my mind. Because I'm, I'm always trying to think, you know, four or five steps ahead things for each of those projects that I have going on. That having not just a reminders list, but a detailed reminders list to enable me to jump right back in where I left off. Do you do you use any reminders list, Matt? I do not to that not to the degree you're you're talking about. I mean, at work I have let's say like my emails or my reminder list I have like a color coded system. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of that I would do, 
uh, would be like when I'm lifting weights. I actually have a, a long uh, spreadsheet. Like, so it, just, okay, you're doing this rep. Okay, put these weights on. Like, I don't have to sit there and calculate, or I need one of these, two of these. It's like, no, it's already listed out. I don't even have to think about it. Because it's those little distractions. So I'll call me, or I'll get texted, and then like, all right, where, what rep was I on? What weight am I supposed to lift? And then every time I got to stop, and then it's like, Ah, man, I'm tired. I don't really feel like finishing. No, this is just like bam, bam. You don't have time to think about it. All right, I got to put this. This is on here. Do this many. Okay, just move your way down the list. But day to day, I, I just have like a more general to-do list. Like I, I use my calendar on my phone. It's like, all right, this stuff is due. I got to have this done by a certain time. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm not as hyper-organized or maybe hyper-focused as you are where, I mean, you literally, it sounds like you have your entire day. Well, or, or I'm like, getting there. Your entire workday, at least. Uh, I, I, I'm getting there. It's not really like, see, I don't. The thing is, a lot of things I do isn't. Um, it's not like the same as in like a workplace environment where it's mm-hmm. like I'm doing the same repetitive things every single day. Like, right. Okay, now I'm gonna check my email. Now I'm gonna go get you know this paper and take it from point A to point B or put my TPS reports together or <laughs> anything like that. So it's it's more like just things that I gotta do. Right. Um, whatever's in the moment, whatever is needed at that moment, like it, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. And I, and I hate, I really hate not being able to get back to people like right away. Yeah. I um, agree. because I, I like it when people do that from, to, you know, to, you know, I like to treat people the way I want to be treated. So for me, like I like to get back to people as soon as they get to me or as soon as I can get back to them. But it's just, it, it, it's been a little frustrating. I've had to, you know, I've had to cope with it. Um, and work around it and remember to get back to some people because uh if if i read the message then my reminder you know my new notifications goes away and then there it falls into the background other people text you and before you know it <laughs> it's a week later and you never got back to the person so uh it's it's really tough to uh try to make it so that that's not the case because that's really not what i'm going for or aiming for um but again at the same time i don't want to get overwhelmed so yeah, it takes time to put these things together, um, but it's to me it's it's really really worth it, and I think I think that it's going to work out. We'll see. You know, over time we'll we'll keep checking in yeah, about. It sounds like it makes things more manageable for you it, right now because uh, I don't have that time to like work for two or three or four hours yeah. at a time. Yeah. It just doesn't exist right now. Uh, so I need to be able to get back into. It. I need, and that's that comes you know right there that get being more efficient like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that motivate me not being um inefficient ill efficient lazy lazy <laughs> i don't know something I mean, to that effect. which is not totally fair because you do have a lot of things going on so i <sighs> right but the thing is is the, the, there's a lot of things that need to get done like yeah. and that's not just how i'm talking about specifically work stuff but but it can be house stuff as well you know doing laundry like dude i haven't put laundry away in <laughs> Uh, I think I've done it once since uh, since Ava came home. Mm-hmm. So I have like a basket of clean clothes that are just it's just a growing pile of clean clothes. Like I've done the laundry, but it's never gotten put away. So I've just been constantly pulling my clothes out of this you know, never-ending basket of clean clothes. <laughs> uh and and at some point I'll get back to it. But you know what it is? Like I one of the things I've tried to do with that is um I'll put a couple things away. Like if there's a couple things that are like light clothes that like like all socks or all underwear or all shirts or something right on the top or something I can throw up to the top deck of my closet. I'll just do that. Like I'll just take it off. So at least it's like three or four less things in the basket, you know, at, at a time. Um, 
so oh man i you know i have written so many so many topics to uh to go down um one of the one of the other things i wanted to <clears throat> talk about was do we do we take advice seriously enough It depends. It depends on the person giving the advice. I mean, okay, I, I'm specifically talking about people that we know and okay. or love, siblings. Do we take that advice seriously enough? Because I tend to think that we, in general, we do not. We would take, I, I mean, from what I've seen and what I've experienced, uh, it seems like people are more willing to take advice from strangers who have nothing to lose or gain than people that love us or you know, family members, friends, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think? You know, I, I generally tend to avoid giving advice to family members only because I, I feel like it does just go ignored. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> I, but I guess I never really thought about that till now until you brought it up. But what about, um, what about on your end? Do you, I mean, admittedly, do you, do hmm. you feel like you've like kind of, maybe we don't like totally disregard it, but we don't take it nearly as seriously as when somebody else will tell us, even if, even if that advice you know, would be coming from the person that we're telling the person to go talk uh, to. Family-wise, I don't tend to get much advice. Although friends, no, I, I, I tend to listen to friends. Like, but usually it's it's something that comes up once in a while. Just is like, okay, so I was talking about maybe, uh, you know, buying a new car, and my friends will chime in and say, oh, you know, well, this, that, and the other thing, <laughs> like that crazy dream. Yeah, so, and, and that's good because especially if it's like, oh, he already drives a type of car, and you know he's a you know a big car fanatic, and you know I'm still gonna do my own research, but it saves some time and kind of points me in the right direction. So yeah, I would certainly take that with a you know more value than just some some random conversation. Oh, I just bought a such and such; it's the greatest car ever. Like, oh, screw that guy. I mean, <laughs> who's he? You know, some maniac wandering the halls. You know? <laughs> well, it can be it can be tough. I you know it can be tough to. Um to want it to accept that that help um one of the things i forget who i was talking to and they were like in their mastermind group or whatever i don't know some kind of like business community or something like that like they have a policy where if they haven't experienced exactly what you're what you're looking for advice on then there's no advice right they're not they don't they have a policy where if if it, like well if it was me in my situation um I, this is what i would do and and you know so i i personally i try to always relate stories even if sometimes they're a little kind of loose fitting rather than well if it was me in my in your situation i'd say screw that person and just <laughs> like that you know it'd be over um and i think the reason is is because that gives you some kind of authority to be like well in this situation, this is how what happened to me and my story, and I here's how I could see it being different, um, or maybe going a different way than in your situation. We don't know until you know it happens. Because the other reason, the other thing I remember is two sides to every story. You're only getting one side of that story. Absolutely true. So you know, so I, I like for me, like I could totally see, um, you know, doing that. But even with that said, I I still feel like people that we know, we kind of you know discount their their advice a little bit more than um than we either should or maybe considering the source maybe we, maybe that's better <laughs> maybe that's a better way to look at it but it's just it, it's it's like that right um because i also feel like 
people that we know were less likely to have a connection to the things that they love and or do like I like say I had another book coming out right I could see having a better response from people that I well actually I know for a fact I've had better response from some of the projects that I've come out with from people that I didn't know who I now know uh, because of the work that I've done versus people that are say in my family or you know friends and stuff like that and I think that sometimes we, we put more of a value on things that are come from people that aren't people that we know because maybe we take it for granted yeah it's actually what I was, I was thinking in my mind is that I think that could be the reason just you know the familiarity the the fact that oh it's you know my sister or my brother telling me or my mother or my father it's like eh you know again you kind of take it for granted mom says I'm the greatest artist in the world you know (laughs) (laughs) whereas I I guess coming from a stranger you don't know them as well so maybe you have to stop and take some extra time to really think and like yeah I wonder you know this Joe guy could you know what he's talking about what would I really know about him is you know he's just a maniac or Everybody's yeah. a maniac in your world, apparently. Right. <laughs> a lot of maniacs. <laughs> and a maniac. Yeah. That's that's life up in the water tower for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, it's it, it can be tough, though, because it can be frustrating, too, trying to help somebody that, you know, you know or love, and um, but they'd rather hear it from somebody else than than from you. So... I was just, I was just curious. I was just throwing it out there to see what you thought. You know what? It's, it's that outside validation is important too, because I'm just thinking of, um, you know, I knew a woman that her, you know, she had kind of like, I would say low self esteem, but it, it could have been better, right? And her fiance would always say, oh, you know, like all the, you look nice, you look great, you're losing weight, all this sort of stuff. And she was just being like, eh, he's only saying that because he loves me. But then anytime she was out somewhere, like a stranger would say something also. It's like, oh my God, I really do look better. And, and and not just because she was a woman, but again, just, I think anybody that outside validation, like it just, it holds more weight. It's like, well, you're just saying that because, you know, you know me and you're trying to be nice to vested me. Vested interest. Right. It's in your best interest to, to shower me you know? with, with compliments. So it's than, like this, this person else. has no, you know, premeditated motivations for being nice to me. So his or her comments hold more weight all of a sudden. Which is funny because that's totally how like getting hit on starts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's, that's so it's not exactly um, it's not exactly like a science, I guess, uh, uh, whether or not you're going to accept self-validation from other. Well, I don't know if it's self-validation from others uh, to yourself or not, you know. Uh, so let me see here. Another thing that that uh, I've been thinking a lot about. Now, honestly, I don't like to. I don't really want to be. I mean, I can be political, but this is not the platform to be political. But something I noticed, and and for better or for worse, um, I, I wanted to bring this up about something about the idea of extremism, and I, we've got to add a ism to everything, <laughs> uh, and and the idea that um, so like with this election, obviously. Donald Trump has said some extreme things, right? I mean, it depends on your point of view. I mean, I, I, I don't on. think there's that, some things he said that's pretty extreme. I don't think they're all that. I mean, yeah, they're certainly outside the norm, but I don't think it's like the bombshell people make it out to be like, oh my God, it's like he's so crazy. Like, 
eh, he said a thing that'll never happen. So it's like, you know. That's true. There's a lot of things he said that'll never happen. But, okay, but, but okay, so my point isn't that just, he, he said extreme things that to, 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 that some people wouldn't think that they're extreme. My point is, is that to the quote-unquote liberal media or media in general, mm-hmm. they, those are extreme things in a time and age where certain you know the politically political correctness is is a thing that people are trying to make bigger of a thing uh and yeah i'll just go on the record by saying that political correctness and people that are easily offended just really really irritate me and that's just my i don't blame you it's my personal opinion so i I, I don't blame you so my comments seem mean (laughs) (laughs) well i'm not trying to bring out the meanness all right i'm not trying to bring out again i'm not trying to make this super political i just want to point out that you know, with Donald Trump, like he he is a showman, right? Sure. Oh yeah. Well. He knows he knows that if he says crazy things, like things that can never possibly happen, or not easily at least, um, the the wilder the the statement, maybe not crazy, crazy is not the right word, wild, right? Like left field, uh, extreme things that would be extreme to to certain groups or sets of people. That he's going to get airtime, right? So he gets that airtime on TV. Well, the fact of the matter is, there's only so much airtime on TV to go around, right? So he- here's my theory: if he clogs up airtime and has been for like since he pretty much started running for president, um, with these wild things that he, he that comes out of his mouth or that he says or he says, oh, I just thought of it now. Let's boycott Apple. I ju- it just came to my mind just just now. Um, he's getting airtime, and he's taking. But more importantly, he's taking away airtime from every other candidate. Right, Matt. So, yeah. so the thing is, is there's only so much to go around. He's, you know, jeop- or not jeopardizing, monopolizing as much time as he can, based around these these wild things that he says. Um, as why you know some some more wild than others, some made out to be more wild. Again, I'm not trying to go into the, the political aspect of it so much as the is maybe well not maybe I, in my mind he he's just playing everybody to get the time because there's no such thing as bad publicity, and there's a huge subset of people that are going to watch this stuff right, and they're not going to pay attention to the what. But more of the who is getting the airtime because you know we're all about sound bites, and even though he's his sound bites might be offensive to some people, they're not offensive to some people, and he's the one getting the airtime. So it's like okay, well then maybe maybe there's something to that, you know. And 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 again, it's not so much about him getting the airtime for his positivity. It's him getting the airtime to take it away from everybody else. It's like football, right? You only have 60 minutes in a game. And if you hold on to the football for 45 minutes of those 60, then you're only giving an opportunity for 15 minutes over an hour for the other team to score. Well, the whole thing with, with Donald Trump, and I'm not trying to be for or against Trump with you know, my comments here, but his statements and the way majority – well, I shouldn't say majority – the, the popular reaction to his statements really remind me of a character in the um, in Stephen King's book, The Dead Zone. This is going back to like 1979. Wow. Yeah. But I guess I get too much away from the book. There was a character, Greg Stilson, who was like a door-to-door Bible salesman. And so he was very charismatic, but a little kooky. I mean, admittedly, the book makes 
and he wants to run for office and when the main character in the book first sees him he's like well, this guy's a, he's a goofball like he's he's charging around on stage with construction helmet getting everybody fired up giving out free hot dogs like who's gonna vote for this idiot right he's, he's, a, he's just he's wacky he's saying all kinds of wacky things then he has a vision of the future where this guy actually becomes the president and again going off popular opinion some people's feelings of trump he's like now he's you know the new second coming of hitler and he's gonna destroy the world so but, was everybody else but the thing is you know it wasn't so much what the guy said it's the way he was said it this politician was tapping into people's uh passions and, and their feelings whether you know good or bad but he was getting people fired up and like you said that's part of being a showman part of um you know and how to work an audience but on the other hand it's also tapping in a portion of uh, america that you know maybe i should say even normally doesn't get their point of view across I, I, honestly i think it's more just a reaction to you're going from like a very liberal president to or sorry even going from a conservative president to a very liberal president and then you know now like conservatives are you know it, it's just things constantly swing back and forth it's almost like a like a wrestling match you know <laughs> Like this week, you know, this guy's the heel, and this week, you know, this guy's the baby face, and it's all, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm really super generalizing everything here. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I, I see that. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's that, that's the impression I get. It's just that, um, you know, the the man's a uh, the man's a showman. He's he's got his he's got his opinions. He's got his feelings. He knows how to work a crowd. Not saying that he's misleading a crowd, but at the same time like Greg Stilson saying things that it just logically don't really seem like it could ever work. But again, tapping into people's emotions, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter if it can work. It, it only has to work long enough to get you the vote to get you in the office. And then, then it's free game. And not to just pick on Trump. I mean, you could say that about any politician, oh, any, any right. politician go out there and say anything that he thinks people, he or she thinks people want to hear to get in the office. And it's like, I'm going to kick back for next <laughs> next couple of years well you can't kick back at all you're you're gonna start running for re-election the moment that you get in and sure. that's that's another problem with with the you know the again i well, really don't want to get too much yeah, into the, the, the political you can have a whole things, show about just our political system and uh, the ins and outs and the flaws and oh know. yeah i mean definitely but you know i i just think it's it's uh well going back to my original point of extremism mm-hmm. and how it's like people you know, if you're too moderate, uh, then you're you just like fall fall into the cracks of obscurity, right? Because right. nobody wants you to be a moderate. People want you to be extreme. In one, it doesn't matter. Extreme doesn't have to be a negative word, um, like you know, as in hatred. But it, and you know, as in a word in uh, you're you know, extreme liberal or extreme conservative or extreme in what you say or extreme like take everything you want and then it's just make it extreme because that's basically what it's you're being we're being raised to right. want if you want to be taken out of entertainment and everything else uh, to be taken seriously by anyone you have to be passionate about something it really doesn't matter what it is but it's the fact that you are so passionate about it and you can you can discuss it in detail it, it, it makes a it carries weight and makes your presence known if you're just like well eh, this is okay and i'm okay with that it's like yeah this guy over here screaming about something and this person over here, you know, sounds like they know what they're talking about. I'm going to gravitate toward one of these two people. The guy that's just kind of like right in the middle, eh, we'll keep everything balanced. They're the one that's going to get ignored. You know, cause Which is for- a shame. it's forgettable. Which right? is a shame because in my opinion, as, as a president, mm-hmm. they should be moderate because they, they're one of the three branches. 
right? So if you, you know, they should be moderate because of the fact that they have veto power and they can do executive orders. So there's nobody else that can tell them what, like, what, I mean, they have a cabinet and all that, but, but you, you see what I'm getting at, right? Like, yeah. As, when it comes to this, it shouldn't be about being conservative or liberal. It should be like who's the, like how we p- pick our justices, right? We try to pick justices that are kind of in the middle, kind of moderate, because these are the things that affect both sides and bringing people together versus like you know trying to divide everybody up. Um, it's just a shame that we have, well, it, you know, and again, the whole political thing could go into why do we have a two party system and, and, and all that. So yeah, that's, that's a whole nother show. And part of that is part of the extreme, but part of that's part of the extremism, right? It's like, we have to have the extremism because what side are you on? Well, that, I mean, now we have libertarians but, and, and all that, and there is other independents out there, but when it comes to, but it clearly doesn't work on that on that grand scale level right because the thing with, with, with being moderate and that i agree with you in, in terms of uh the person making the, the rules or determining you know what's right and what's wrong they, they should be moderate they should be able to weigh both sides of an issue equally but that person is not the person that's going to get people fired up you know yeah, it's not the, it's not the person that's going to get you to go out and, and rock the vote you know what i mean it's <laughs> it's just you know people unless you can you can it can motivate them unless you can pull them away from Facebook and Twitter and Netflix for two seconds to like actually step into the real world and go, man, you know, this is something I really care about right now. I'm just like, I'm stepping away from my own concerns and like thinking about, you know, uh, the world in a greater scale. Like this person is have a huge impact on the, you know, on the country and the world as a whole. I mean, but it's tough. It's people are, there's so many distractions. You, I mean, honestly, I know I know a lot of people, and I'm not against it, that just have no idea what's happening with politics and could care less, because I usually get either it's boring, and, and it is, you know, it certainly can be boring, but or well, it doesn't affect me. That's not true. But <laughs> again, if you're just you know you got your little tunnel vision on, you know, it's. But the thing is, there's so many great resources these days for. I mean, what was we were just talking about one the other day. Like, there's so many great resources where you can just go in there and get just like a basic overview of here's the people representing your state and here's who to keep track of. Like, you know, it's not as overwhelming as you think it is. And there's so many free and, and balanced resources that aim to not be one side or the other, but just kind of like, here's the facts. Here's how this person voted. Here's how that person voted. We're not going to say they're right or wrong, but that's for you to decide. But at least we're trying to engage you and, and keep things simple to the point where we're not trying to read through 20 pages of legalese and figure <laughs> out where's this person stand on an issue. Because, you know, it, it's important to... Which is designed to make you not right. care, by the way. It's, it's important to you know, look at how somebody voted as opposed to just, I, I could say anything. It's like, you know, I, I could claim I'm the King of England, but, you know, unless somebody does a background check. <laughs> well, you're not taking this house, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was a Simpsons joke for anyone right. who, but just, you know, uh, the thing is, but I mean, the resources are out there if people care enough to, to look into it. And I just, I don't know, just at least the people I deal with. And, and again, that's just one small sampling. I just get the impression a lot of people just don't really care or they're waiting for like the next trending topic on Facebook to decide what's actually important to them. And that's, it's kind of sad. It is, it is, but it is a lot easier for people to do that than, than sure. to, well, yeah, to no, actually it's... have to do again. But that, but that goes back into what I was saying before about having the the want to learn more and constantly mm-hmm. keep learning. And right. while you know, admittedly, I don't read books, 
I do read articles. I do read Wikipedia. I do read other like I, I like I dig deep into when I want to learn something, as soon or or I find out about something and I'm curious. You know, as soon as curiosity hits me, that's when I you know I jump on my phone and do a quick Google search. And that's great. And you yeah. should. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So it's but but unfortunately, a lot of people don't feel that way, especially people um, that might um, that might just be like okay with spewing what was the truth at one point or what they thought was the truth at one point i'm waiting for somebody to feed me my opinion <laughs> yeah well <I> should... <laughs> well you know there's you know, a certain news organization that's good at that <laughs> you know you can say there's a lot of news organizations that are good at that because it's that's how you're going to make money i mean right because a news organization I mean, yeah, they're providing news, but at the same time, like, you know, they, they have certain vested interests and, you know, their sponsors are, are important. And again, you know, it's like, well, if you can't keep people tuned in, you know, we're not making money. They're not making money. It's like, I don't, I, I don't think there's any one news source that gives a completely non-biased opinion. I don't even know if that's even possible. I, I, it really isn't because well, you, we need well, if we had sandwiches for for news anchors, we uh, we get that unbiased opinion. But I, I think it's important to read, you know, like say uh, Microsoft couldn't even do it. Remember, they had the chatbot just a week ago, and it it was like it it would be influenced by the internet and mm-hmm. influenced by people that it talked to and and would learn. Right. And within like two hours, it was racist and spewing like stuff about my, from mind comp. I, I just I think like, it's important. It's it's good to read articles from multiple resources, especially people you don't agree with because Oh, definitely. It's really easy just to sit there and be like, "Oh, that person thinks like I do, so I'm just going to and I'm going to ignore everything else." Or to listen to comedians that act like news anchors, but Oh, stop. Really stop, 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 stop. Don't don't it's, not there's anything wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's entertaining, but don't let that be your only source of news because again, it's meant for comedy. It's not really going to it's it's not you're not gonna educate yourself that way it's funny it's entertaining but you know don't let that be your, your right own. the only the only thing that you're taking in no I, I i'd agree with that and um no i yeah i definitely agree with that uh it is meant to be entertaining and it, it it's not like but again specifically it's, the it's like with this uh, you know this generation like right everybody's so used to like the 30 second sound bite it's like i don't got time to sit there and read a paper or even, or even an online article it's like you know just uh, just give me the cliff notes <laughs> you know but, yeah well hey the cliff notes are are pretty good um but i guess even then know. it's better to have some idea what's going on as opposed to just having your head in the sand and true and, and somebody and else vote another for opi- me. you know there are more opinions my so. vote doesn't count <laughs> oh you'd be surprised i'm just one person <laughs> yeah. um so so yeah, that that uh that yeah. pretty much wraps up that. I you know, yeah. there there's just one last topic that I wanted to mention. Right. Um I'm trying to go off on a rant. I, well, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. We're we're, you know, we're good. We're like an hour, a little over an hour here. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, man. So So, you know, this I you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to wait to do, I was going to push this topic off. So, I got I got two more things to talk about. Let's hear it. What do you got? All right. So, uh how much money does it take before well how much money do you have to make for you in order to compromise yourself hmm. and i and i asked this because a friend of mine was like well you know i'm never going to be steve jobs or bill gates or or elon musk or or you know fill in the name of awesome person here 
Um, you know, why shouldn't I just work a job that, you know, pays me 90,000 or a hundred thousand or whatever, you know, uh, amount of money and, and just live my life like that. And, and Mike, you know, I was always watching, um, up in the air the other day and it has that <laughs> awesome scene. I don't know. Have you seen up in the air? No, so George no, Clooney was from 2009. No, um, this is about a guy who go who flies around the country firing people as for a living. Like that's <laughs> like he's like a part of a company, like a downsizing mm-hmm. company, um, that goes around and and he they have their packets and all that stuff. So it's a, it sounds like it could be a comedy, but I'm, I'm assuming um, it, it was not I, a comedy. It, well, no, 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 it was actually oh, okay. mostly yeah, it was like it was a comedy. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like a straight like ha 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 comedy. But I mean, like, it was, kind of like a dark comedy. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it was kind of sad. But one and one of the, the, the points was. Uh, he he made he made a speech about like well how much did they pay you to you know did you first get paid to like stop living your dream stop making your dream come true and you know when the thing you know obviously uh, again like we said earlier um there's bills there's things that need to get paid there's <laughs> you know kids things you know things have to happen in a certain way in order for you to be able to even uh, pursue your dreams but. You know, it's never too late to start. And, and, and as I always keep saying, it just starts with a Google search, you know, doing some research on what it is that you want. But, you know, at what point is it that you can just say, it's okay. Uh, I make you know, I'll make $80,000 a year to start or 40,000 or 50 or 60 or, or in some cases, some people make 25 or 30,000 to start. And that's okay to just put everything that your dreams that you that you had for yourself that you wanted to do in growing up on hold. Well, it's it's tough because you know a lot of times people I think they're if they're in a situation especially where if that amount of money is going to be a huge increase when you're currently making I, I mean, that's an incredible temptation to turn down. Um. And not to say that people can't be happy, just, I, I mean, I know I know a couple of friends that just pretty much their life is their work. I mean, <laughs> if you go out drinking with them and you get to talking for a while, you know, they'll, they'll start to, you know, complain and reminisce about how things could have been. But otherwise, it's just that you can just constantly tell yourself, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I should be doing. Like, you know, I'm looking the way I should look and I'm making the right amount of money, you know, for, you know, for my you know, my, my class in life, but ultimately I just, I don't think it's fulfilling to just live your life entirely focused on the dollar. And I, I mean, I'm all for making money. Uh, you know, I'm all yeah, for, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with making money. I mean, you know, but even people that go to church and want to follow Jesus <laughs> seem to not have a problem with making money, even though, you know, or money in excess. But I just, uh, I feel like the people that are out there, at least the ones I see that are actually doing something different or following their dreams are much happier. I mean, you don't have to make a lot of money to be happy, but you have to do. There's plenty, dude, there's plenty of poor people in like Mexico and third, other third world countries that are way happier than people in first world countries. You have to do that something have like next to nothing, something that you love, and especially when you have other people and you'll meet other people that will support you in that. Um, it, it's it's more fulfilling ultimately, and that's that's just you know that's my opinion. Yo, you know what? Um, can you can you write the word a word down for me, Matt? I I would. Or, you know, I can, or no, because I only have my left hand and I'm not left handed. Here, I want you to write down the word. You, you just, you just spark something here. So, uh, write down the word have for me. 
Like, yeah, pretty big. There, there we go. You know what's funny about that word? I mean, you, you, you just you, you brought it to my mind because you were saying the stuff that we have, right? What we the things that we have in our lives, the um the class of life that we get to li- like live in. Um, if you r- write down write down um the the last three letters of that word underneath, like under oh yeah, right underneath it. Uh, not not yeah, not like vertically, horizontally. Now, if you just add, you just add one letter to that, and it completely changes everything. Oh no, not that. Though that letter was is a good letter too. The other letter that's actually right next to the letter that it starts with, the other one starts with the first one you wrote down starts with. It's a G. Oh, gave right. So so the word you 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 said this word have, and immediately in my mind. Just made me think of the word gave. How much have we, like, I guess give in is the real, um, how you would use it. But but the word gave is important because how much of ourselves have we, have we given, and I, again, it's not exact, but have we given to our dream? How much time could we have gave to our dream for things that we want or things that we have? You see, you see what, see where I'm going? Like, I don't know. I haven't figured it all this out yet. This is just, it's just like Donald Trump. It's just coming to me. Maybe we should just boycott Apple. It, it, this just came to my mind. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, like the idea of what we have versus what we've given or gave to our life and to our dreams. And uh, I, I, I think it's so important that we, we give more. Well, you know, again, it goes back to something we talked about before and that having things doesn't always equate to happiness. And aren't you happier now that you're giving things away and you have less clutter and just, you know, less stuff hanging over your head? Uh, It's it's fulfilling. I mean, I'm personally, I like giving things to people. I like being able to treat people and do things for people, not expect anything in return, but because I feel good about it. You know, I I get, I, I enjoy seeing other people happy and I enjoy seeing other people you know, just that, that random act of kindness for no other sake than just, you know, doing something nice and making somebody's day, especially when it's not expected. It's like, well, it's Father's Day, you know, thanks for the present. But <laughs> instead, he was just like, like, hey, Dad, let's go out and do this. Or, hey, here's a card, you know, just saying, you know, I love you. Just something out of the blue. Of, oh, do you need money? Or <laughs> you need money already? <laughs> yeah, I just it, gave you some money. Like, See, there's the word I gave. <laughs> but, you know, people, people appreciate that. And, you know, they tend to... Um, you know, they tend to remember that, and you know, it reflects well on you. And also, you know, it, it's it, it it comes back around. I feel, you know, I think uh, I don't say it's karma exactly, but I, I think if you engage in a sort of giving, giving attitude, that kind of giving culture, it does it does work its way back around over time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's not necessarily about what we have, but what we gave. And you know, who's really big into that is Bill Gates. You know, it, it was it the first person to be, was it the multi-something billionaire, ten billionaire, or hundred billionaire, or whatever it was, and now it's the first one to give it all away, right? You know, and uh, and he's he certainly has done a lot through his organizations and stuff like that, um, which is funny because growing up I never really admired the guy too much, uh, but as he's gotten older and I've gotten older and I see what he's done and what where he's headed, uh, I think I think the mosquito thing is a little extreme. Um, 
you know, using mosquitoes to give vaccinations to people. But uh, but I, I, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where it leads. But uh, hopefully not a zombie apocalypse. But, you know, it's like, it's, like, it's a uh, nice way to look at things where basically he said, hey, I've got more money than I could ever possibly spend. Let me just give it out and not hoard it. Right. Not not to say that he doesn't deserve all the money he made. I'm very oh, yeah. pro-business. But, again, it's nice that he didn't just say, oh, I'm going to build a castle on an island on top of an island that I'm going to launch into space because I need to burn up this cash. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how can i just you know it's Power like that, rocket from dollar bills it's like that movie uh where they had to spend all the money within a certain amount of days otherwise they didn't get to keep it uh, yeah like, you know it's like you could have went that movies like yeah. that but yeah well not not exactly like that or you were showing me that video of counter reeves remember that uh oh yeah how he doesn't have a ma- he's like one of the only ones that doesn't have a mansion mm-hmm. he just lives his life like a normal person he takes the subway uh, gives up his seat to to people like elderly and women and keeps pregnant in, ladies and stuff. Keeps in touch with his co-star from Bill and Ted, you know. Yeah, which is crazy because I mean that guy has you know what's he done since Bill and Ted? I know, he's he's friends Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good friend. He's taking everything. So, oh man, um, yeah, no, I, it, it, absolutely wonderful uh, what he does and and you know not just as an actor but as a as a person so it's it's important it's really really important uh to not only have stuff but to to give stuff away and like i said earlier like i haven't there's been things that i've sold on amazon out through the ten thousand dollar over ten thousand dollars that i've accrued um that i haven't made any money on because i was just like you know what am i gonna do throw it out but it's 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 a perfectly good game or perfectly good this or that and even if I make a, you know, or even loot, maybe even lose a little bit of money on it in the grand scheme of things, somebody else is getting it. Somebody else is going to enjoy it. And that's, that's all that really matters. Like at least it's not filling up a landfill and it makes somebody else's day. That's to me is the, the, that's the really important part. Um, yeah. So I guess the, the last thing I wanted to talk that I wanted to talk about was uh, oh, wait there's more yeah there's always yeah there's a one last thing uh, was you know Slick Rick uh, the rapper mm. from the 80s and then uh, his last album came out in 1999 I think called The Art of Storytelling he is officially a um, a US citizen citizen uh, citizen uh, thanks to uh, being on uh, for 23 years trying to make this happen and we have to pause because we have uh, uh, UPS here hold on one second and we're back all right so uh, yeah so 23 years trying to become a US citizen and he just it just happened for him uh, the reason that this is important or not well I mean it's important to him but the reason that it's important that I or I guess it's important to me that I bring it up is because I did get to meet the guy. Uh, oh man, how many years ago was that? Probably about ten years ago. At least, yeah. Yeah, at least ten years ago, uh, down in Baltimore, Matt, Matt, and I had gone to see him live, which was was really cool, really great, great experience, great concert. Guy was awesome. Right, and then afterwards, I got to talk with him for a bit. Takes him. Actually, I don't think I had the pictures anymore because I think the phone and or the card had broke or something in the phone like or mm-hmm. it was really dark or something i, I don't rec- really recall um i think i had filled up my card on my phone at the time but uh 
so yeah, so it was really cool getting to getting to talk with him, and he was really personable. And uh, I, I, well, he has been in jail one time, I think. I don't recall what it was for. Uh, you know, overall, you know, seemed like a pretty cool dude. So it was really cool to get to talk to him, and really happy to say that he is now a American citizen and has more to announce apparently. So hopefully, a new album from uh, Rake the Ruler. All right, hope so. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful, very hopeful. Um, I know he's been on, he's been on a couple, a couple albums, uh, since the 1999, uh, he was on that R Kelly Jay-Z album worlds collide or something like that. He did a, he did a song on there, but, um, but yeah, so really cool shout out to slick Rick for, uh, becoming an American citizen. I don't know if it's dual citizenship or not because he's British, so he could, Yeah. I just, I don't know if he, if he isn't, um, a dual citizenship person or not. Man, all right, so it's been like an hour and 20 minutes, and we still have the interview with the awesome Dr. Ryan Gray coming up, who does uh, pre-med school uh, a podcast and a whole like website with like all kinds of information. So if you're a pre-med student, it's like a great resource for you to go to. Unfortunately, I don't know the website off the top of my, <laughs> off the top of my head, but you, you know, the interview will be coming up shortly. Um, I really appreciate you all hanging in there, listening on Facebook Live. Again, if you're not following me on Facebook Live, it's facebook.com backslash Pardo Joe. Just hit that follow button, uh, and you can start following so you can see, you know, watch us live on, on Monday. I don't have a schedule for Mondays. Like, it's it's been kind of crazy. Uh, maybe when, when we get closer, we'll um, start doing them in the mornings again. I know right now is in the afternoon, but that's okay. We'll uh, We'll get there. And uh, Matt, I really appreciate you you uh, being on the show again. Yeah, it's always thanks for having me. It's always always a fun time. It's uh, it's an honor to have you sitting across from me uh, to do to do these uh, these pre shows that uh, I definitely have been enjoying and looking forward to to continue to do them to continue to share my story to continue continue to talk about topics and help uh, not just people live their dreams but business owners and managers and pe- just people in general and helping them. Uh, better cope with the things that they that go on in every everyday life. Ah, man. Okay, so that was the mouthful. And uh, I guess just uh, oh, May twentieth. Don't forget May twentieth. Mark it on your calendar. Seven p.m. to ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's superjoepardo.com backslash live. I don't think I mentioned that before. Superjoepardo.com backslash live. Go there. Um, that's where the stream will be. You'll have there will also be a link for you to go right to blab.im to uh, to do the voice chat and also so you can call in so you can do these challenges. We're going to be raising money for Give Kids the World. Go check them out. It's uh, givekidstheworld.org, a uh, great organization that that brings you know kids with life threatening illnesses and their families down to Disney World and to Sea World and to Universal and they just get to have a wonderful week where they party and get to be kids instead of worrying about doctor's visits and medications and all that stuff. So can't wait to do it. Last year we did $600. This year, we're hoping, um, my goal is to hit $1,000 in three hours. So let's make that happen. Uh, really looking forward to playing those games and, and getting all that set up. Uh, go So yeah, go check it out. SuperJoePardo.com slash live. Matt, thanks again for, for coming and being a part of it. Part, part, of, part of this and Ava... Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being quiet for the whole time and sleeping through it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to next week. So, uh, coming up is the interview with Dr. Ryan Gray.
Hey Dreamers, this show is made possible by listeners like you. If you love the work that has been done so far, please consider going to howtodream.co slash donate to contribute. Thank you so much for your consideration and support. You're not like Dave Jackson? No, I'm not. No, I'm not Dave Jackson. I'm not the wonderful Dave Jackson, uh, who will be at my conference, by the way, speaking. <laughs> hey, Dreamers, today I'm talking with Dr. Ryan Gray. Yes, that's right, Dr. Ryan Gray, who is making his dreams come true by changing the future of healthcare one pre-med student at a time. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dr. Ryan Gray. Hey, Joe, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'm uh you know, we met uh what back in Boston. Um yeah. man, when was that? Was that in the summertime that was, still? That was last year at some point for Podcast New England. Yeah, yeah. It must have been during the summertime because there was a parade outside. So uh, <laughs> it was an awesome, an awesome pride parade. Yes. Uh and and it, it was awesome. I, I've never actually uh had attended one before and got to attend one by accident because we were <laughs> we went out for lunch and Boston Boston doesn't skimp on anything. <laughs> so I uh, got to meet there and then we re uh, happened to you know, run into each other the other night on a blab on a blab session for my let's talk series and i was like oh man i I didn't realize that ryan actually is doing his podcasting (laughs) full-time so i was like gotta have him on the show i'm i'm disappointed you weren't following me more closely oh man if i had time to follow people (laughs) that i i really do like at some point i I I really want to pay that part of what i do back um and be able to follow people and uh, do do more. It's just right now I'm doing so much with everything that I have going on, trying to make it all work at just a, like yourself. Uh, that it, sometimes it's really tough. You need to read Essentialism and The One Thing. Sounds like you're doing too much, Joe. I I, I am, but you know what it is, and I've I've talked about this a little before, but um, I built I'm building like a giant engine, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. It's it's like it's it's going, but it's going super slow. So it just needs more fuel. If I get more fuel in the in that in the tank to go to the engine, everything I have is all connected together. Well, as as we talk and and you'll hear my story if that's what you want to hear, then then you'll hear that I'm doing the same exact thing. Well, I do, and that's one of the reasons why you are here. So why don't we uh, get started by giving some background about yourself? So I am a physician by training, a, a real uh, a real doctor, and uh, not one of those PhD types. <laughs> I apologize to anybody types. listening. Uh, <laughs> but I, I went to medical school, um, and I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. That was my goal in life, was to cut people. And <laughs> that's, that's the line I give. Uh, and I... Uh, went to school, medical school on an Air Force scholarship. So the Air Force paid for me to go to medical school. So thank you, tax-paying uh, people of the United States. And the Air Force didn't want me as an orthopedic surgeon. They they didn't need another orthopedic surgeon. I wasn't qualified enough, I guess. And they kind of put me as a flight surgeon, which is a really cool name for a primary care doctor that takes care of pilots and other uh, some other uh, special people in the Air Force. And I love that job. Uh, I've always had a fascination with airplanes. I got my private pilot's license and uh, thought I was going to stay in 20 years as an Air Force flight surgeon. Uh, 
at some point along the way, a couple years into me being an active duty flight surgeon after all my medical training, I somehow was listening to Internet Business Mastery. I have no idea why I started listening to uh, internet marketing podcasts, but I liked it. I've always been one to build things. Uh, during medical school, I, I took up a hobby programming. Or I'd always had the, had the hobby, but I was starting to get more into programming, and I actually built some software and actually sold it to a, a company. Uh, so I, I'm always a builder, a doer, a tinkerer, and, uh, and so was listening to Internet Business Mastery, stumbled on the Pat Flynn, and saw his security guard training website, and I said, I can do that for the, the medical school or pre-med niche for students that want to go to medical school. And around that time, I was getting questions from people that I worked with, some younger airmen that didn't have college degrees, and they were interested in going to medical school. And so I would sit down and talk to them for an hour, hour and a half, two hours about the journey. And I said, I'm going to start a website and put all this information on it, and I'm going to make thousands of dollars a month in AdSense like Pat Flynn does. <laughs> and uh, I did that and started banging out content and actually enjoyed the conversations more with people that were visiting the website than anything else. And so I, I tried my hand at podcasting. And here I am three years later, now having left the Air Force and uh, giving this a go full time with now two podcasts launched, a couple more in the works. And uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff going on. Oh, that, I mean, that that is awesome. And that's... Uh... You know, I, th I do you think that goes into like an entrepreneur's like mindset of wanting to build things, wanting to start things and hopefully finish, you know, not finish, but get to the middle, the meat of it? I, I think so. I, I remember even even before my kind of computer programming days, I I wanted to do or I, I started uh, like eBay wholesaling. Right. So you can make a ton of money. This is when eBay was first rolling out. You can make a ton of money buying wholesale stuff and selling it on eBay at, at quote-unquote retail prices. And so I did that. For some reason, my first purchase, I specifically remember, were, were huge uh, JBL speakers, like, like floor-standing speakers. And, of course, the person that bought them was in Spain. And I didn't account for customs. And <laughs> that came out of my, my bottom line and, and I lost money and I was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've always just had that, that it, it's, I don't know if it's a always wanting to build something or I'm just a variety junkie or what it is. Well, you know, I, I mean, I always felt like the same way as far as like, Hey, I want to build like a, a, a you know, a, a Yahoo group or a GOC's website for like I was always in the gaming, so it's for me. It was like, oh, we're gonna build this game stuff and bring these people together, or board games, or or specifically computer games. So, uh, heck, I remember um, even even as a young kid, I wanted to like put a newspaper together <laughs> in grade school, and I did for like I don't know for I think it was like in fourth grade or something like that. I did every like once a month. I was putting together this like newspaper with like games and stuff like that with the help of my aunt. Uh, at the time but but yeah so it's like we, we just love building things and creating things and then seeing where they can go and how we can make them more efficient so i i love it i, I definitely have a an appreciation for it um but it's got to be a big step though right leaving uh you know a a very revered occupation 
mm-hmm. uh, occupation. Patient? I don't. I don't know. Occupation. Occupation. Uh, to <laughs> the to... the doctor patient got in your head. Patient. <laughs> um, you know, to 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 pursue this thing where it's like nothing is really guaranteed. There's nothing. Yep. There's no like promise of anything at all. It's it's whatever you yeah. can make it yourself. I like the the Dave Ramsey philosophy of uh, bringing the boat a little bit closer to the dock, so that when you jump, you're less likely to get wet. And so over the last, uh, it's been four years now since I bought the website and the domain. It's been three plus years since the podcast has been out. So I've been slowly uh, doing this, right? So the, the three-year overnight success, um, it's, it hasn't been a, a, a crazy, a crazy growth. It's just slowly one listener at a time, one customer at a time plugging plugging through it all well i think a lot of times we we have to do that unless we have something that people are like super excited about um and in your case you know you niche down and and i've talked about this before on the show and with other people but uh you know niching down is is great if you can really hone in on those people because then you can deliver targeted marketing for uh, other, you know, other companies or create your own products for that, for that, those people. Unlike the show where, uh, we have people of all walks of life from all over the world, uh, both listening and, and as guests. So, uh, the, the, the industries that I span is, is very vast and does not, not good for, for targeted marketing. Purposes. Yeah, but I think there's a, a lesson in there. So y- what you're doing now doesn't mean you can't uh, pivot, right, and and niche down at some point. And that's exactly what I did. When I launched, we were we, we were called the medical school headquarters, and our like tagline, what we would say is, uh, from pre med through medical school. So we we had information for pre med students, those that are in undergrad, and we had information for medical students. And we carried on like that. And I say we because my, well, my wife is a physician as well. And so we started this kind of journey together. And and after a while, probably a couple months, the decision was made to cut out the medical student stuff. Uh, we just it, it, we didn't have enough time. We we're both working full time as physicians. We had a baby on the way. And we decided to to niche down after we had already started. So it doesn't matter what you're doing right now. You can you can always take a second and and recalibrate and and pivot or niche down or whatever you want to say to to change course. Well, definitely, and and I have um in some ways with with like your dream platform school, you know, niching down into the specifics of what I do to make this show happen, as well as the other five shows that I do. So you know, yeah, definitely. I um, and actually talking, speaking of that, you have pivoted by opening up your second podcast. Yeah, so that was I wouldn't really call that a pivot. That was more of a fell in my lap. <laughs> so I had and and a lot of what I can talk about or and what I preach uh, both to my pre med students and when I I talk to other entrepreneurs is relationships. The uh, I, there's another website out in the space called old pre-meds and it, it was literally for older pre-med students those that are coming back from a career or uh, from a, a, their first career and they want to change course and go to medical school and become a physician 
And I had a relationship with the guy that ran that site. I had spoken at the, their national conference, which they had been running for like 13 or 14 years. And uh, he reached out to me after we had decided to start a podcast together and, and kind of uh, reach different people through a podcast. Uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, I'm kind of losing passion for this and I'm retiring from my, my day job and I don't really want to do this full time. And so he basically gave me the website. And so now uh, I have my pre-med niche and then I have even a, a smaller niche than that, a, a niche down a little bit further with the, the older pre-med students. Um, so that, that really just fell into my lap. But um, what I had mentioned earlier of, of cutting out the medical students uh, after we had started, um, I'm actually adding that back in now. Uh, now that we've been out with the podcast three years, focusing mainly on pre-med students, the, the students that have been listening to me are now in medical school. And I've been getting comments and emails and stuff from students saying, hey, I still listen to your show every now and then, but we would love more medical school, medical student-focused stuff. And I said, okay, I'll start another podcast. And now that this is my full-time gig, um, I, I think I have the bandwidth to, to do another podcast. So it would be my third podcast um, going more towards the medical student market. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm niching up instead of niching down. There you go. Well, expansion. And, and I, I'm sorry, I, when I said pivot, I, I meant, I, I think I meant expansion, but I was using the word pivot to get to where I wanted to go, which was to talk about your second show. Yeah. So how did your family take this uh, whole, like, I'm going to start this podcast <laughs> based around this thing that already takes up a ton of my time and, you know, stuff like that? Uh, it went slowly. <laughs> So my wife, I mentioned, is a physician. She's a, a neurologist by training. She, for the most part, is, is hands-off with the business now. She's on the podcast every now and then. Uh, uh, if you go and read reviews on iTunes, a lot of people ask for her more than me. <laughs> but it was, it was a, a long discussion of, of what, uh, what I should be doing. Um, the, when I left the Air Force... Uh, there are a couple options I could have done. I could have gone into more of a, a private industry where people are hiring physicians for consulting and stuff. I could have gone back and done my orthopedic residency, which which I'd always wanted to do. Um, but ultimately, the decision came down to the amount of passion that I was showing my wife with what I was doing, with the impact that I was having uh, on the students and and we talked about it. We worked out a budget. We moved from Boston to Boulder, Colorado, which is kind of, uh, we had the choice of where to live. And I, I love this area. So we moved here and she got a job and, and her job offer was more than what we needed based on our budget for, for surviving. And, and so we went for it. Oh, I love that. I'm glad that you had the support to uh, to do that. And hopefully at some point she can uh, join you on the show full time. Is that is that in the cards? No, I don't. She loves clinical medicine too much. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a well, nerd. At least she knows what she likes. That's that's the important part. Um, yeah. But, you know, joining you on the show, I mean, what's it what's it take to record, you know, record a show if you're doing all the back end work? Oh yeah, I mean she'll she'll be on the podcast every now and then. And she actually likes it's interesting now that we're expanding to include medical students. She actually likes talking about 
that side of it more. So uh, I think she'll be excited to be on the show more for that podcast. Huh. Is it So it is that vastly different? Yeah, the, the topics are just very different. So the pre-med world, I mean, it, a lot of it is just getting into medical school. That's the biggest hurdle. Um, and so you're talking about test prep. You're talking about uh, application stuff. You're talking about interviews. You're talking about uh, volunteering and all this other stuff. And on the medical school side, you're talking more about the clinical stuff. And you're talking I mean, you're, you're still talking test prep stuff because there's still tests that you need to take as a medical student. You're still talking about applications and interviews because you're, you're applying for residency spots and interviewing for those. So it's, it's different but similar. <laughs> uh, so what's been the biggest roadblock for you getting all this started? Me. <laughs> uh, I my, mean, clearly, my right, it's taken so long to, to advance to this point. Well, I, I think time has been uh, the biggest uh, factor up until now. Uh, with both of us working full time, you, I, I didn't want to work full time, leave work, come home, and work full time on on the business. So the the amount of time that I had built in, and and my wife and I would talk about it. She would get frustrated sometimes with the amount of time I was putting into. The, the side business, uh, which is now the, the main business. And, and so we had worked out like only working an hour or two a night on it and, and uh, having kind of together time the rest of the time. Uh, so I think time uh, allocation was a huge thing. There were times where I was waking up super early to, to do some work and, and staying up super late. But um, I, I think that the biggest thing, when, when I said me, the biggest thing is really just... Um, the, the normal self-doubt and the fears of being an entrepreneur and, and fear of putting yourself out there and the whole imposter syndrome and all that stuff. Well, yeah, it definitely can be uh, very tough to deal with, I, I, I know. And, and especially the going to bed late thing because uh, it, it, does, it does take its toll on, on a relationship going to bed way later than uh, your, your spouse or, or significant other. Yeah, it does. Um, so what well, what's some of the ways that you you overcame that to get to where you are now? I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, it's it's you just put one foot in front of the other and and you figure it out uh, as you go. And uh, I I think we as a society and we as kind of the entrepreneurs of the world we we think too much and you need to just stop thinking and just start doing and and figure it out as you go. I, I love um, the lean startup philosophy of the minimum viable product. You just put something out there and and build as you go. And um, yeah, I, I, that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the way it's supposed to go. That's the way that it re really should. Because if you build out too much, too fast, too quickly, you don't know, you don't have test subjects, you don't have the, the data to support whether or not you should go bigger in this direction or that direction and uh, doing the, the little bit that you can, as little as you can in the start, at least proving a model and then expanding upon that, uh, that model before expanding the bigger picture, which is, you know, having a second podcast for a totally different uh, targeted audience. So it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it, it definitely can be difficult sometimes to keep your mind in, in that focus. Yep. So growing up, Brian, what was your childhood dream? <laughs> T 
to be a professional baseball player. Oh, I grew yeah? up in I grew up in Southern California, played baseball. It was pretty good compared to my peers and uh, wanted my I thought I was going to go to Arizona State University and and be a, a star baseball player. Um the Rodney King riots happened and my family moved to Florida to the Tampa area and still played baseball, loved it, but uh, ended up getting hurt and kind of pivoted from there. But yeah, that was, that was my dream was be a professional baseball player. Oh man. Sorry that you uh, got hurt there. That's all right. It's my own fault. Not enough conditioning. (laughs) So what do your dreams for the future look like for medical school and, and, uh, and all the, these podcasts in the business? I want to be the pre-med medical school media mogul. Um, I I have the two podcasts now. Um, I have the third one in the works. I have, as soon as we hang up, I have a, a call to discuss uh, a new podcast with a test prep company to launch a kind of a co-branded test prep podcast. Um, I have a YouTube channel in the works. I have uh, a lot in the works, and uh, it's hard to to keep it all going. Like like you were talking about, to building that engine and and fueling it. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now. But um, I, I do a lot of one on one consulting. Uh, I I've had a membership site for group coaching, which I'm shutting down because the the model for my audience doesn't really work. And uh, I have a book on the way. So, yeah, I just I, I want to change the future of healthcare one pre-med student at a time because and, and in the future, one medical student at a time, too, because uh, my my philosophy right now is even though I'm not practicing medicine in a traditional sense, I'm helping students realize their dream and I'll have exponential um, impact on on patients in the future. Oh, most definitely. And, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, test prepping is probably one of the best things I, I, I can imagine as pre-med students probably don't have a ton of money, you know, buying into some $500 course or the thousand dollar course or $2,400 course is, yeah. uh, you know, difficult to say the least, uh, for, for probably a lot of them. Um, I they mean, some it. of them might not be if they have parents that are well, well off enough, but but I would imagine that probably most of them are not well off enough to uh, to make that happen. You know, to just be like, oh, twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna be well worth it, and I'm sure it would be well worth it. Um, but you know, you gotta yeah. have the money. <laughs> to that's make that that's call. where where uh, Uncle Mastercard and Aunt Visa come into play. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know all about that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's got to it's it's got to be tough to uh, to do that. But you know, if you 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 branch into those products that um, you can charge less for, you know, where it's not giant, you know, a giant chuck all at once or something like that, uh, would probably do really well since you already have the target market for it. So, uh, congratulations on working on your third. And it's funny how that how that works, right? When you you just like okay, now I'm quitting. Now when when did you quit your job? Did you say that earlier? July of twenty fifteen. Okay, so yeah, it's funny how that works, and, and obviously you're you're about six months at the time of recording, or seven months at the time of recording. But um, by the time this comes out, it'll be a little bit further along. But it's funny how it's like as soon as you you have all that extra time, you're like, wow, well, what I was doing before that seemed to take up a whole lot of time, 
doesn't now. <laughs> yeah. And I got to fill it in with more stuff. And that's <laughs> this is how I got six shows because it's like I'm doing it full time. I can't just be one show, you know, doing one thing. Cause it's like there, there's just not enough time, work there for to, to justify, you know, quitting a job over. But it is a lot of work on top of what you're already doing. So uh, I commend you for, for making that jump of uh, quitting your job. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for you. Um, so before we share how people can connect with you and get to your, you know, your, all your stuff, if you happen to be going to pre-med or med school, uh, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share? I, I think I've said it already, then I'll just preach it again, that, that you, you need to stop uh, thinking and stop trying to create the perfect product or launch the perfect show and just do something and get it out there and let people uh, hear your voice and hear your message and uh, connect that way. Well, I, I agree. And, and you'll get better as you go along, as I have found with podcasting and pretty much everything else I've done and anything that you're looking at yourself and thinking, well, if I could do that or if I did do it, it's like, yeah, you, you might not know everything about, it, but at least if you get started, do a Google search, find out what else is out there. And you're, that's a step in the right direction. And yeah. you can start making that, that those changes that you want. My, um, my first podcast episode was read. I, I read the script for my first podcast episode <laughs> and it's still out there and you can still listen to it. And you know what? I, I got over it and uh, I, I had a couple false starts with the podcasting world. I, I have several recorded shows that I never released and cause I, I didn't think they were ever good enough. And, but one day I finally submitted to iTunes and here I am. Awesome. 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 Uh, you, you read it. So do you don't still read your, your show, do you? You just have like notes? Oh, no, no, I don't. I don't read anymore. Okay. Now I just, I have very nice conversations just like this one. Awesome. Oh, I'm glad you think this is a nice conversation. <laughs> I'm flattered. Um, <laughs> Ryan, could you, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Ryan Gray <laughs> or Dr. Gray. Um, could you please share how people can connect with you? My main site is medicalschoolhq.net. Uh, I'm on Twitter with the same name, medicalschoolhq. And my, my media mogul uh, website is mededmedia.com. Meded meaning medical education. Mededmedia.com. That's me. That is we have a... We have the two shows on there right now as of this recording, but the, the goal is to have many more to come. Uh, it sounds very official, so I, I like it. Thank you. Ryan, I really appreciate you coming on the show today to talk about your journey and how you know how you've gotten to where you're at and where you're you're going to be headed. This is awesome, man. Thanks, Joe. I, I had a blast. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, you're welcome back anytime to, to follow up and see how, you know, to, to find out how you've been. All right. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.